in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the overconfident Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, some people call it cockiness. I would just call it arrogance. I, I see you strutting around here, <laughs> cock of the walk. Every time, every, let me tell you something about Glenn. Mm-hmm. Every time of year, mm-hmm. or, or around this time of year, every single year, mm-hmm. Glenn transforms into a 10 foot tall bulletproof and invincible uh KU fan KU fan <laughs> it's like he's a superhero and uh I like where this comparison's going yeah and uh KU's KU's in the tournament every year 27 years or something like that mm-hmm. so you can I mean you can reasonably mm-hmm. say that they'll probably be in the tournament that year book it and when they are uh hope springs eternal mm. you know it has to this time of year hope springs eternal I um, my Wildcats didn't quite make the NCAA tournament, Word. and they didn't quite make the NIT tournament. But but they did make they they got <clears throat> look they got invited mm-hmm. by a very prestigious tournament. Yes, look okay. Let me tell you something. The NCAA tournament has sixty eight teams. The NIT tournament has thirty two teams. Right. The Vegas sixteen tournament. Only 16 got invited. So it's like the Sweet 16, just automatically. Basically, you sign up and you're in the Sweet 16. I can't believe they didn't accept. Well, you know. Huh. I feel like... Uh, the, so anyway, the my, point is my team's not in it. Mm. But I, I am rooting for Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. They're uh, uh, K-State guys and the head coach of that. So yeah. I, I'm... I'm Brad Underwood's a great coach. Any I'm excited other, about that. Any other teams you're rooting for in this tournament? Um, Sure. Yeah. Which ones, Brian? Well, it's a long story. We don't need to okay. get that right now. Any other teams with the word Austin gonna, in them? We're going to talk, talk about that some more uh, later. So but it's interesting it, because we're recording this, obviously, before the tournament has started. Right, right. So our brackets are clean. Our brackets are clean. They're perfect. By the time you listen to this, they won't be. Well, um, and you don't know that. I may not be 10 feet tall anymore by the time That's you, true. you hear our, our uh, dulcet voices. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, but the madness is upon us, Brian. That's right. That's right. The madness is upon us. I'm excited about it. Uh-huh. I, you know, my team's not in it. I don't care. I'm still going to enjoy watching all the basketball. We're going to watch, you know, a game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing games are going on mm-hmm. uh, when we're recording this. So, yeah. So, it, was, it should be a good time. Yes. Anyway. So speaking of madness, Glenn. Okay. There's a certain kind of madness mm-hmm. uh, over at Gentleman.com. Tell me about it. It's not only in March. Right. It's all year round. It's a, you don't have to wait till March Madness to experience madness over at Gentleman.com. It's an enjoyable tournament of wonderful content from the internet every day. Right. You're not talking about the madness that'll get you thrown into an institution. No. I'm talking about... Uh, it's like a tournament. Like the popular page is like an Elite Eight. You know what I mean? Every day. 20-something? If you like Final Four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that top row. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> go check out gentlemen.com because we've right. got a final four every day, every day, every single day. 20th. And you could post something; it might make the final four. You know what I mean? The ball's in your court. So anyway, go check out gentlemen.com if you want some interesting internet content. Mm-hmm. We've got some mm-hmm. for you every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also visit podcast at gentlemen.com where you can listen to past episodes. You can check out some of the beers we rated in the past. Uh, lots of stuff. Check out some interesting links that we posted up that we talked about on the podcast. Lots of stuff. Lots of good stuff. Um, and finally, if you want to get a hold of the Gentleman Podcast, you can do so by sending a letter to P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Me and Glenn will get it after this week mm-hmm. because we're going to be busy with March Madness. Yeah, it's our uh, schedule's full. But after March Madness, we will pick ourselves up off the floor, mm-hmm. dust ourselves off, We'll take your letter and we'll... With like, fresh eyes. Yeah, we'll look at it and we're like, oh, somebody sent us a letter. Oh. Oh. And uh, we, will, we, will ta- we will read the letter. We will talk about it on the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will stick it up on the whole slash wall of fame, which we know is the whole of fame. 
Um, you can also get a hold of us via email, social media, and stuff like that. Email address is howdyatgentleman.com. Uh, you can also go to Gentleman on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube. And um, get, <laughs> get Vinus, Instagram, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever the accounts are. Just look for Gentleman. And, and probably it'll be us, but maybe it's a fake. But either way. We have a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they might be entertaining too. Exactly. Who, who, are, we, who are we to judge? Who are we, who are we to I'm judge, glad somebody's really. just pushing content. Who out is there? the real gentleman? <laughs> really? Um, Will anyway, the real gentleman, please stand up. Yeah. Anyway, Glenn. Okay, so let's get on to the uh, meat of the episode, which we like to. This might be very appropriate saying that term for this particular beverage that I picked up. Mm. Uh, this is the drink of the week, Glenn, and this is the uh, Irish oh. style extra stout oh, ho, 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 ho. from Schlafly Brewing Company. Uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, which is a downside. Yeah. Let's, Sorry, guys. Let's just get that out. Of, I mean, there's a whole Kansas-Missouri rivalry thing mm-hmm. that goes back a ways. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Quite a while. Civil War times. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're going to overlook that. Mm-hmm. Let's let bygones be bygones. We're going to bury the hatchet for this episode. Exactly. And we're going to take a look. We're going to put a magnifying glass on the Irish-style extra stout. Now, this has an intersection of two things that I think that we both will enjoy, mm-hmm. and that is an Irish-style which is a little bit of springtime because the seventeenth is uh, St. Patrick's Day. You mean was St. Well, I mean yesterday was St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Um, anyway, and then also you have the extra stout, which we we've talked about in the previous episodes. We're looking for good stouts. I don't. Yes. We haven't had this one before. I don't know if you've had this one before. I assumed no. not. No, no. So I picked this one up. Excellent, Brian. So let's uh, let's go ahead and pop these open and see what the Irish style extra stout's all about. It looks like it's eight percent alcohol. Yes. 8% alcohol. That's the stout part of it. <laughs> this is the, um, Irish style. So I'm guessing they're gonna. it's going to be compared to as like a Guinness. Is that Irish style? It amplifies the traditional drier versions from Ireland for a bolder black brew. Ooh. I just, I, that was off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> anyway, Glenn, a couple of the uh, interesting facts about this beer is that it was, it's 8% alcohol. It's 45 IBUs. The SRM is 75 um, the yeast is London Ale. Mm, yes. And uh, we got a traditional foreign-style stout. I, you know what I like about this beer already, Brian? It smells really good. Yeah, it does. Oftentimes mm. beers... Cheers. Cheers. Oftentimes beers, you, you, you go and sniff them, and they're kind of a little stinky. Yeah, exactly. But uh, not this Schlafly brew. Well, let's give it a shot here mm-hmm. and see what happens. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Mmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, Ooh. that's a pretty good one. That's it's it's interesting. That's a good stout, man. Wow, this is really good. That's <laughs> really good. Holy crap! Wow. Um, well, the uh, Irish extra stout from Schlafly is a it's a special release Irish stout, so it's only available for a few months. So stockpile it. So go to your liquor store. You can and get a hold of this one, uh, and I don't know how man. far outside of the. Uh, I don't know how far outside of the Midwest you can get a hold of this thing, but uh, man, this is pretty good. All right, Glenn. Mm. Well, uh, wow. One more thing about this, and this mm-hmm. is a big downside, is that it was ten ninety nine for a six pack. I'll pay it. So it's you know our median price is about eight fifty. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what a, in the Midwest here in Kansas. That's what a good six pack will cost you usually. So ten ninety nine is pretty on the far side of that. Uh, but it is higher alcohol percentage, eight percent. I was just gonna say, it uh, typically the, it. the 8%, eight percent, you know, or the higher alcohol beers are a little bit more mm-hmm. in price, basically. More bang for your buck, uh, or more. Yeah. Well, anyway, I uh, like this a lot. I really enjoy this, Brian. It's mm-hmm. smooth. Like a lot of times, you get these stouts that are like the imperial stouts or the mm-hmm. extra stouts, and they're kind of bitey and kind of, yeah. you know, it's kind of harsh. This is yeah. really smooth. Yeah. Woo. That's good. Okay, so Glenn, what would you, uh, if you were going to put a rating on this beer, what would you do? Man, does it, I, I'm going to give this a 90. You give 90? Yeah. I, I was going to give it an 8.9. And I, the only <laughs> reason I wasn't going to go higher than that was mm-hmm. because of the price. Yes. I feel like $9.99 would be a better price for this, but yep. it's a special release to yep. higher, I don't know. It, it's really good. It's really good. I think we're. I think so, we both are right in the right, right there, right about the same. Agreed. So this is man, and and, and other thing too is like I'm not, you know, oftentimes you don't want to stout when it's. I mean, today right. is kind of a good day for a stout. Mm-hmm. I guess a little rainy and everything, but man, it's just yeah, that's great. Okay, all right, Glenn. Well, we know what we said. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. Mm-mm. The only thing that matters is what the mustache twist scale mm. computer 
tells us the actual empirical rating for this beer is. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and type in some stats okay. into the MTS computer, yep. and it will give us the empirical rating of the Irish-style extra stout from Schlafly Brewing Company. Uh, okay, so we said uh, the alcohol by volume is 8%. Mm-hmm. The IBU is 45. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which you don't really notice when, as you drink it. Right. You really, it's just the, not, the hoppiness really isn't no, not much of a perfect. factor. Um, the SRM is 75. Yeah. Which we all I know what the SRM would 70 be. 70 or yeah, 75. Exactly. Right. That's what I thought, thought, I thought, thought, thought it would be. Um, and then we said the price was uh, 1099. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's give this a second and then we'll, uh, we'll know what the empirical rating for the uh, Irish Stout is. Holy cow. That's a tasty rerun. Okay, let me. I, I got the uh, got the report here off the MTS. Mm-hmm. Just came off the printer. Let me just thump through it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Did they take? Uh, usually, it's on like the eighties, a page eighty. It was 82? like seventy-five. Seventy-five. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Okay. Uh, it's eight point nine five. Wow. So that's pretty high. That's a you know, that's 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 uh, I I, I didn't know that. We yeah. can do point fives. Yeah, we do. Yeah, sometimes. Wow, it's always dependent on the. Look, we don't get into those like super long decimals. Right, right, right. right, uh, right so right. you know, there's some rounding and stuff like that that has to go on. It really depends on the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. you know, constantly changing the, the algorithm changes sometimes. But the idea is that we have an empirical scientific uh, scale that we 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 can tell you empirically that this beer is rated at eight point nine five. Take it to the bank. Mm-hmm. It's like the Richter scale for beer. Let me uh, look this up on our... Just what we always do is we yes. check our, our good friends at beersnob.com. Right. Just, just, to, uh, just to make sure that, you know, uh, just to see another, another voice mm-hmm. uh, on the internet. And usually it's not a, it's not a very uh, accurate voice, but, you know, you've got you to gotta gauge against something, kind of one of those hold your uh, friends close and your enemies closer kind of thing. That's right. Oh, oh. Interesting. Uh, so on beersnob.com, mm. uh, which is where the snobby people go and rate beers, mm-hmm. um, they have it as an 88. Wow, Brian. Which is startlingly close to what we what the MTS man computer gave us. I mean, every now and again, they're going to get it right. You know? Every now it's and true. again. It's true. Um, so glad to know that they're finally coming on board. Um, they're getting it. They're getting it. So I, I, I've had, <clears throat> I can't remember if I went to Schlafly this summer. Um, I was in St. Louis at a brewery, and I can't remember if it was that one. Uh, but it was like a, the restaurant side of it. And I, I don't, I'm not really impressed with that many. I haven't been impressed with that many Schlafly beers. I, they have a good, um, I want to say a wheat maybe or something. Mm, okay. I, I've had, there, there's one other beer I've had of theirs that I've, that I've liked quite a bit. So. Mm-hmm. This certainly takes a cake for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is good. This is good stuff. Mm. Okay, Glenn. Well, we've got that figured out. Yes. Uh, so let's move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last week or so. Boy, last two weeks or so. Boy, howdy, do we have a lot. Yeah. It was tough to sift through, parse through. We had to narrow this thing down. All the good stuff. Like we, the disclaimer we normally give is that of all the stuff that was posted, this isn't necessarily the most popular. It's the best stuff that it's the stuff that we could most easily talk about. Yeah, some stuff like videos don't exactly translate to. Um, yeah, you know, Glenn and I look at something and say, "Can we talk about this?" <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, truth be told, we're really not that skilled of orders. No. So so we have to. Mm. It has to be like not very complex to read, right? Because our reading level isn't very high. Reading level of about three. Comprehension is uh, not good. Yep. Um, so anyway, really there's low. only a small subset of stuff on gentlemen that I even understand. Right. It usually consists of potty humor. Right. Or um, is it a fart joke? Okay. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it's like a choose your own adventure. Uh huh. Does it have something to do with bathroom? Right. Yes. No? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so these made it through the flow chart. No pun intended. And uh, <laughs> and um, Not that the, kind of flow chart. The first, uh, first uh, one we have right now is a cause. A worthy cause mm-hmm. posted by our good our good buddy Razorback, mm-hmm. who, if you've been listening to the show, you already know who's this, who this guy is. So there's no introduction needed. Right. But he posted. It's a great find. The title is a petition for deaf leopard to be photographed in front of the Arkansas School of the Deaf Leopards. Um, and what this is is a brilliant, brilliant PR move by uh, one Kari Tyson. And his his thing is this, right? In May, 
Uh, Def Leppard is playing at the Verizon Arena in Little Rock. In nearby is the uh, Arkansas School for the Deaf. Now, I don't know exactly how far away it is. Um, and their mascot is the Leopards. Mm-hmm. They're the Deaf Leopards. And he's trying to get the band to come and take pictures in front of the, the sign for the school. I, first, I, I didn't really... <laughs> thought there must be something more to this right like i was missing something but that's it that's all he wants that's well, all this guy wants and he's trying to get right. petitions uh and i think he's gonna get there because I do. as of this podcast he's got 1267 supporters he and he's wanting to reach 1500 mm-hmm. i feel like after the podcast goes he's gonna have like fifteen thousand. the yeah you know? i mean so, uh, that uh you know we're, we're giving him a little bit of airtime on the podcast that's i feel right. like this will really it, you know influence people to go out there and, and support this petition i'm a big def leopard fan yeah. Not the not the school. The oh, uh, you're not, Brian. <laughs> I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> but I, I'm a big fan of the band Def Leppard. Yes. Um, yeah. Growing up, they you know, uh, growing up at the time, I did. They were a mm-hmm. big band. They were back in the uh, 90s. back in the late yeah the early '90s, basically. Yeah. Um, I like their older stuff better. Yeah, actually, when they were actually a rock band. But anyway, hey. point is, I'm a big fan of Def Leppard. I, I predict that this will happen. Because I, yeah, I think if people share this enough, it's a great uh, PR move for the band. But they're not exactly on everybody's uh, yeah. you know social media timeline. <laughs> How can these they days. get to the the younger generation? Right, exactly. Uh, so it's good. The only thing that's weird about this is I hope it doesn't feel too like patronizing. Of yeah, the, that's it's just a weird. There's just a tinge of weirdness to the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then you don't want the band to look like they're trying to like you know cash in on yeah people, people with, with disabilities uh, yeah. an awful disability um yeah but but anyway you know my my sister-in-law is is uh hearing impaired and she actually teaches at the kansas city uh school for the deaf oh really and so i'd be interested to get her take on this yeah um but she's pretty easy going about stuff and mm-hmm. i don't think she would take it too seriously and right and hopefully nobody else does either um yeah you know yeah it's it's, it's pretty cool it's a win-win though i mean you yeah know, something cool for Maybe the students would be like, ah, these guys. Who? Who are these guys? Like, we, never heard of them. we can't hear. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> well, I was just going to say because they're so old. Oh, that, well, that too. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. That's true. I'm sure they've heard of. I mean, I don't know. It's, that's a that's a big a classic band. rock. They probably, record. yeah. Lo- uh, I don't are know. they the ones that do pour some sugar on me? Yes, they are. Okay. In the name of love. All right. Well, hopefully this works out. We'll, we'll find out. Hmm. Hopefully. I mean, he's almost there with the petition. Certainly mm-hmm. once he gets to 1,500 signatures on this change.org site, they're definitely going to have to do it then, right? Yep. That's how that site Definitely. Works. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's like, if you if you guys start a petition for Brian and I to... Uh, to improve our podcast. Imp- well, <laughs> I'm going to need a lot of signatures, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. Nothing short of a court order. Uh... <laughs> And even then, even then, we'll fight it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Well, let's move on to this other interesting post that is from our good friend. He's on the podcast all the time. Anya Keister. Anya Keister. Um, This is an interesting, interesting little post. Uh, This is out of New Zealand, Mm. and uh, I'm a little familiar with uh, New Zealand. I've been there a couple times. Uh, Good, beautiful country. I mean, it's really nice. Uh, this is an interesting thing that happened there, though, where, uh, you know, sometimes you wonder, uh, somebody gets pulled over for drunk driving or something mm-hmm. like that, and mm-hmm. you're wondering, like, maybe they had a taillight out, mm-hmm. or how does the, you know, maybe they're swerving a little bit or yeah. whatever, like, what's the telltale sign that, that the police look for that, you know, there's, maybe the person that's driving the car might be a little bit impaired. Yeah. What tips them off? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, in this case, uh, over in New Zealand, there was a car driving down the street with a 10-foot tree embedded in the hood of the car. So somebody had driven through a tree, and it didn't fall over. It got stuck. It's basi- like, it looks like a horde ornament. Yeah, it, it's basically stuck in the engine block. But they kept driving. <laughs> and so New Zealand police saw the car. They're like, well, you know, there, there might maybe there's something going on here. You think the, we should check on this? The fact that they're still driving... Um, anyway, these, uh, they, they put the picture on the internet and it's just like gone crazy <laughs> because it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, uh, anyway, the, the person was some small town in New Zealand, 
50 year old a 54 year old person i they didn't really give an explanation about if she was out at the bars or what happened or whatever but she was arrested for being under the influence of alcohol said she failed a couple sobriety tests um one being having driven with a tree to a tree yeah um what i don't get brian is how did how in the world did this actually because if you look at the picture the tree isn't hitting the ground you'd think oh that she hit this tree right how how is it not how did it not just stop the car like how was the tree actually did it go up you know what i mean yeah, like it should like, be scraping the ground it, how, did, how did it cut through i don't know it's almost like it just chopped it from the yeah the base of the car i, I the, it's actually four and a half meters tall so that means it's over 10 feet tall <laughs> the, i love this quote um uh, the motorist, Marianne Christie, 54, of Schaumburg, told police that she struck the tree somewhere in her hometown, but didn't remember where. Uh, Schaumburg is just north of Roselle. So, uh, and then they said that, you know, go on to say she smelled of alcohol and failed some sobriety tests. Um, but, yeah, it'd be tough to, sometimes it's hard to remember where you hit things. Uh, Let me tell you something about like a tree in Australia. <laughs> uh, in America... When we drive down the street in America, mm-hmm. I mean, odds are, if you're going from point A to point B, you're probably going to see a cop mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we have a lot of police mm-hmm. officers. Think about that. Like, how many times a day when you're driving do you see a police officer? Yeah. Pretty frequently. Yeah. In Australia and New Zealand, there are no police officers. <laughs> I mean, the town has, like, one constable or something. And you never, I mean, you never see the police, ever. It's mm. really, it's, it's, it's both comforting and a little frightening sometimes <laughs> because there's no police around. You mm-hmm. never see any presence of, of police. So anyway, the point is, like, I, I'm wondering how long she drove without... Uh, clearly, she said it, she hit it in her hometown and made it several several miles away to another town before she was actually pulled over. So yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that out. It doesn't really say, but it just she she said that she she hit the police Brozo. in her hometown, but didn't remember where. It's just north of Rizzo. So it's just probably a few miles. But anyway. So anyway, the point is, she was probably driving for a while with this tree in the car. <laughs> I, yep. I, I don't... I don't I, yeah, anyway. I'll, point, I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I, uh, you know, we shouldn't make light of it too much because drunk driving is a terrible thing. And she, yes. that could have been a person that, you know... Yeah. Anyway. It, so, might, it might have been. I mean, yeah. who knows what else she hit. Seriously. Uh, you know, if there's anything that's come of... Uh, gentleman, Brian, mm-hmm. um, and the stuff that we see every day that comes through the links and mm-hmm. wonderful things it is for me at least. It has opened my eyes whenever whenever something comes across something newsworthy from either Australia or New Zealand. I I know to step lively because I mean look sharp because it's probably going to be a little weird. Yeah, it's going to be a little off putting. Um, yep, they have bizarre things that happen. Yeah, animals. It's a weird place. Animals and just people, just yeah. culture there is just mm-hmm. insane. I think the thing about that is that both Australia and New Zealand are so far away yeah. from the rest of, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're close to Asia, mm-hmm. but as far as like the the history of the place being an English outpost or whatever, they're, they're far away from that. And Convicts. So things kind of, things kind of, they do things their own way. It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's great. I, I love I love that place. It's got a special place in my heart. So anyway, all right, let's move on, Glenn. I got all right, well, this one hits a little co- closer to home. Okay, at least for us. Right. For a lot of people, it won't. But that's okay because if you ever come to the Midwest, you need to go to Kansas City. And if you ever go to Kansas City, you need to eat barbecue because Kansas City has the best barbecue in the world. Has the best barbecue in mm-hmm. the world. That's all. I know people in Texas are going to complain. They're going to say their brisket don't care is way better. They're going to... And people in, in, in Memphis, Tennessee, they're going to say, no, 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 we got this. Yeah, keep your sauce to yourself. Yeah. South Memphis. Carolina. I've you had know? your barbecue. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Um, <laughs> people everywhere, they, they like to make claims to the best barbecue in the world, but we we know it's Kansas City. No, there's no, there's no like, geographic bias. We're just saying. It's, a, it's, a, it's like the MTS. It's a scientific fact. Right. The barbecue in Kansas City right. is great. Okay. So, anyway, despite what you've heard, barbecue in Kansas City is top-notch. And our good friend Demon has posted a guide about the burnt ends of Kansas City, mm. and uh, this was this is great um, in some ways and frustrating in other ways. This, That's this right. article it, it it aroused some emotions from me that both good and bad, 
<laughs> I don't know how to take this article. Uh, I love it and I hate it I at know. the same time. I like that this guy went out and did a walkthrough of all the burnt ends of Kansas City. Well, not all of them. He did. A, he hit the main points. Tell us what a burnt end is, Glenn. You're right. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, first of all, I should probably say, so Demon posted this article from Eater.com, E-E-E-A-T-E-R.com. And if you don't know, a burnt end is a brisket, is a beef brisket that has, there's two muscles in a brisket. There's the, uh, well, something. We whatever the technical And name. the point. Right. And the point is where you get burnt ends because what typically happens is they'll, they'll make cubes of that point and then put it back in some sauce and then start the process all over again, start smoking it some more. And so it's like really smoky, really... Kind of, kind of fatty, but the fat has kind of like because it's been slow cooked, it just kind of melts. Instead of fat, think flavor. Flavor, yeah, exactly. It's not like you're chewing on a piece of fat. No, it's like it's it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And because you're the type of guy, you don't like fat on your meat, right? Like you're not a big. Yeah, I mean, you want some marbling, but you don't yeah, want to be like. But you're not going to eat the end of a steak. I don't want to be like, chewing on a steak for three minutes, you right? Know, or whatever, the, like, right? So the. the Anyway, this 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 part of the muscle, the point is typically fattier, has more marbling, and so burnt ends. I, I can't I can't say for anywhere else, but in in Kansas City, uh, in our neck of the woods, burnt ends are kind of a sacred thing, mm-hmm. right? And anyway, in this article, he talks about an article on a 1972 Playboy mm-hmm. where this guy goes through, and you actually read the entire article strictly. For the educational aspect, Brian. Uh, just for the articles. Just for the articles. Um, yeah, it, it's a he, he quotes a, in a 1972 Playboy article that was all about. It's a really well written take on Kansas City food by a guy named Calvin Trillin, who wrote all about. He he lives he lived in New York at the time in 1972, but he's from Kansas City, and the whole article was about how the best food in the world is in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And he talks about all like. A list of all these ref- restaurants he goes to. At the time, he was talking about Bryant's Barbecue, which mm-hmm. is now Arthur Bryant's. Mm-hmm. But he had a whole take on burnt ends. Mm-hmm. In fact, he has a really good quote about burnt ends that I love. Um, uh, and this is a quote from his article. He says, The counterman just pushes them over to the side, and anyone who wants to help have them helps himself. He's talking about burnt ends. Yeah. He said, I dream of those burnt edges. Sometimes when I'm in some awful overpriced restaurant in some strange town trying to choke down some $3 hamburger that tastes like a burnt sponge, a blank look comes over me. I've just realized at the very moment, someone in Kansas City is being given those burnt edges free. (laughs) And he's referring to the fact, I guess, back in the 1970s, burnt edges were thought of as a a snack that the cooks kind of popped in their mouths while they were cooking stuff. So they'd set them off to the side, and if, Mm -hmm. if a customer wanted to have some, they'd just come over and... Put some on their plate and eat them. Yeah. Uh, burnt ends are worth their weight in gold. There should be an ex- a stock exchange based on burnt ends. Yeah. Screw the dollar. Yeah. How many burnt ends we got in the in the treasury? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I. <laughs> so anyway, th- this article it's a great article. It shines a spotlight on something that I it's I think it's my it probably is my favorite meal ever that yes. I've ever had. Yes. And Glenn actually introduced me to burnt ends because I'd never had them before. April 15th, 2011. <laughs> it's true. We were talking about this earlier today. We, we know the exact day. Uh, it's like Back to the Future or something. Um, it was my birthday. Yeah. That's uh, how I know. And so, so anyway, I'd never had burnt ends before. Glenn was talking them up big. And, uh, you know, he, he came through. Uh, it's true. I, burnt Once ends, in my life. <laughs> but let me, the only ones, okay, I've only had two burnt ends in my entire life. All right, two burnt ends from, I mean, from different places. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's the ones that I've had at Oklahoma, Oklahoma Joe's, which is now Kansas City Joe's. Mm-hmm. They changed their name, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. We talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And they are absolutely incredible. Okay. I went to a local Lawrence establishment, and mm. I'm not going to say who they are. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I, I had their burn ins. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, maybe maybe you should try it. Maybe I can mm-hmm. venture out and find a local place that has great burn ins. And so I went to the local place and I got the burn ins and I ate them and then I was laid out in bed for six hours with a stomach ache. You uh <laughs> you had the old Montezuma quick step. No. Huh? I it just felt 
like I was gonna die or something. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe the See, feeling. This is I was like sweating and just <laughs> miserable. I don't. Even, it, it was it was terrible. I've never had a reaction like that from food. It was absolutely excruciating. Mm, it's like being in love. <laughs> Yeah, something. I don't know. But anyway, so the point is, Glenn, what I learned from this situation is so many times in life, we, we find the perfect thing, mm-hmm. but we always start looking over the other person's lawn and we're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, their lawn's a little greener. Maybe mm-hmm. I should, you know, maybe I should try that other thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I think what you need to do is you need to find your perfect food, mm-hmm. which is Oklahoma Joe's, mm-hmm. burn-ins, mm-hmm. and then you don't go looking nope. in other directions. Don't go looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, this article talks of he he, he broke he down. goes through he goes through like eight restaurants yeah. in Kansas City and you know he does a good job. He explains that some burnt ends actually aren't technically burnt ends, which we know they'll use well from yeah. experience. They'll use pork, um, like a Different pork cuts butt, of and meat. just cube it up and kind of try to do the same yeah. thing, but it's not the same. Not the same. Um, so one of the one of the places he's listed. The, 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 the thing I don't like about this article is he doesn't give any. We got some problems with this article. All right, one, he doesn't really give any like I really like this or right. I didn't like it at all. It's he like, doesn't say this is the best place to go for burn-ins. These are your burn-ins, even though even though he's giving you a tour. Um, right. I, I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was the point. He's just like trying to like trying to be as you know. Fair as possible. Yes, you know, I'm just blinking right like, now. Like, don't don't highlight one place. Right, but like, objective. Talk about all the He's trying to be objective about it. Yeah. So he went to um, uh, I, 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 one of the places on the list is Arthur Bryant's, and they mm-hmm. have back in the day Arthur Bryant's used to be the like one of the, the two premier barbecue places. Yeah, like yeah. in the seventies and the sixties, mm-hmm. and then so they kind of have this name. Well, they've kind of. They have multiple locations now, and they have one that's fairly new over by. Um, this place where I was at in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I went there and I was like, oh man, you know, first thing I'm going to order is burn ins if they have them because that's kind of, that's, that's my litmus test, yeah. right? How good, how good are the burn ins? Yeah, how good are the burn ins? And so it's like the, it's like the M&M test. That's right. On, I, I yeah, only want barbecue. I only want brown M&M's. Right. Um, so I go in and, and I order my burn ins and he says, okay. This guy walks over to this big vat of something and gets a ladle and starts ladling out these. I'm getting pissed. <laughs> Listen to this. Starts ladling out these this stuff, and I was like, "Oh no 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 no!" I, I said burnt ends, and he's like, "Yeah, what? Do you, this is these are burnt ends." And I said, "Are you sure? Because they don't look like burnt ends." Right. He's like, "Yes, these are burnt ends. I work here. These are burnt ends." I'm like, "All right." So he ladles them out, and uh, it's <clears throat> sure enough, they're quote unquote burnt ends. But what they are is uh, meat. I can't tell you what kind of meat. I think they just used a brisket, maybe. And not the actual point, which is fine, but right. they cubed it up and they threw it in this like really tomatoey sauce. It was like almost like spaghetti sauce. And it was just bad. It was really bad. It was like really fatty and it hadn't been cooked right. And I, I had a terrible experience. Here's the thing at Oklahoma Joe's is that there's no sauce on them. No. It doesn't need any sauce. What are you hiding? It's got a just an incredible melt in your mouth. It's like eating a little piece of butter that's mm-hmm. actually meat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's just like melts in your mouth and it's got a, del- it's like that, it's really ultra smoky flavor. It's just, it's awesome. I, I you know, it, it's incredible. Here's the thing. Anybody listening right now, you come, I'll tell you what, if you're in the Kansas City area, Brian and I will meet you at Oklahoma Joe's. We will. And we will go and eat burn-ins. But only on... Uh, uh, we serve it... Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, I think. Monday and... Monday? Uh, Monday, and Monday? Satur- Monday and Saturday at lunch and yep. Wednesday at dinner. Just let us know. We'll make it happen. Now, there's a reason why they only do it three days a week, mm-hmm. Glenn. Some barbecue places have it every day. Yep. Oklahoma Joe's only has it three days because it takes them like six days. To make the burn-ins. It, it takes a long time, plus it's only a small part of the actual brisket. Right. So that so for every brisket they're cooking... The point is, they take their time and they do it right. Oh, dude. One of the never. failings of this oh. article is that I read the blurb mm-hmm. about Oklahoma Joe's burn-ins, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like he really gave them justice. Nope. Because I've had them myself, and they're incredible. He quote-unquote says they're consistently good. That's like saying, you know... Uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe was somewhat attractive. Right. Or... Um, the sun is somewhat bright. Yeah. 
or Donald Trump is fairly abrasive. <laughs> you know, like, right? I mean, yeah. Let's Come call on, it, let's call it what it is. It's an experience. It's a religious. Oh, I, I yeah. The, the heavens part. Uh, you know, sunshine pours down on you. You don't. It's like one of those things where you you start eating and like the, the world around you just like fades away. Right. It's just like a, a slow like hum, and all that's left is this you chewing. This, right. Uh, Glenn and I and Lynn went to uh, on, on another another occasion that was close to your birthday. We went to uh, to Oklahoma Joe's oh, yeah. for a dinner, and. I sat down, and I think it's one of the only times, you know, usually I'm pretty cognizant of, like, talking to people and, like, all this stuff. I sat down, and I just got so engrossed in eating the burnt ends that I realized I wasn't, like, talking at all. I was mm-hmm. just, like, you know, shoveling burnt ends in my mouth, oh, and man. I was like, whoa, I gotta, we're at a birthday dinner here. I gotta, like, you know, make some conversation. <laughs> I turned into, like, a bow constrictor. Like, I can yeah. just, I don't care. You could, you could have, like... And it's funny, like my, we've talked forever about this, but yeah. um, it's funny because my brother, for his wedding, he had a couple of um, people from England, from London. Yeah. And they, London, England. England. And they, uh, they came over and we, we got to talk. And I think I brought this up on the podcast before about how mm-hmm. they needed to have real Kansas City barbecue. Right. And he, one of the guys was like, oh, I love burn-ins. And I was like, no, you haven't had burn-ins, trust me. Mm-hmm. And so we ordered them. And he, he ate like all of his, he, he ate his whole thing. And this is a tiny guy. Yeah. His whole basket of burn ends. And then he ate like all of, like, he basically ate two servings, baskets of burn ends. I can see it. Uh, if it's there. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> we've, we've hammered the point home that. Yeah. The point is the article is mixed. I, I really, I, I'm going to read, I didn't read the entire article from 1972 Playboy, but uh, that, that was the best thing I got out of this whole thing was that there's this. <laughs> You know, just reading about the the past of Kansas City and stuff like that is pretty interesting to me. This guy goes through steakhouses, burger joints, yep. barbecue places, all these classic uh, food. You know, he's like a food critic before that was popular. To be right, a food critic, exactly. Yeah, and, and so anyway, I, I'm excited. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna finish up that article. But if you come through Kansas City, yes, there's only one place you got to go. And that is Kansas City Joe's now, not Oklahoma Joe's, because right. it's changed the name, blah, blah, blah. Point is, the burnt ends are the same. You could change the name to New Mexico Joe's. St. Louis Joe's. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> New yeah. Mexico. And uh, the burnt ends will still be the same. Guggenheim Joe's. <laughs> don't ever go changing those burnt ends, Kansas City Joe's. Name doesn't mean anything. Anyway. All right, Glenn. Let's move on. We, we were, Not only have we talked about this for a long time, but now I'm starting to get hungry for burnt yes. ends. Which I cannot have yes. tonight. Yes. So, anyway. No, and I had some on Saturday, by the way. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. All right. Is that, is that all the tax? That's all the tax. That's all the tax. All right. All right. So, let's move on from the burn ends, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, Glenn, it's time for the Gentleman Toast this week. Mm. Uh, it's March Madness time, and I want to send a toast out to the Monmouth Hawks basketball team. Yes. Um, not only they, they made a lot of headlines this year because they reinvented the idea of the bench celebration. Yeah, uh, they were very creative in their celebrations on the bench. All kinds of we saw them all over ESPN. I'm starting to see stuff now, like the Lakers are the Monmouth of the yeah. NBA. Everybody's trying to replicate it, and they got all this attention for that. But not only did they get attention for that, they're also a great basketball team. They're good. Um, they are they, they they won their conference the Metro Atlantic regular season. They lost their conference tournament, which meant that they were on the bubble to get into, into the NCAA tournament. But the thing is, uh, Monmouth played seventeen true road games. They twenty three games away from home. Uh, they had victories against Notre Dame and USC tournament teams. Both tournament teams. They beat Georgetown and UCLA. And both of those teams did not have a good year, and that's what played against them in their strength of schedule, which ended up being, I mean, their RPI was 52. They should have been in the tournament, but they were not included in the tournament. Not even in the play-in games. No, they weren't. Uh, Wichita State was actually the only team from a mid-major conference that got an at-large bid. But the Shockers' bid was based on the fact that their point guard got injured and they lost a couple games. So the committee Man. said. The committee said, "Well, he got injured, so we'll give him a pass." Man. Well, meanwhile, Monmouth uh, gets left out. Uh, so anyway, I, I think you know, there's probably too much media coverage on the celebrations and yeah. not enough media coverage on how good of a basketball team they yeah. are. 
Um, I think these guys are a good team. They're going to go to the NIT. Uh, they're one seed in the NIT, so they're going to you know have a chance to continue their postseason. And that's great for the seniors at Monmouth. But man, there's always con- there's always controversy this time of year because somebody gets left out. Yep. And you start wondering. I mean, Monmouth, Wichita State. You know, right. I mean, uh, it's it's a tough call to make. I mean, they they you look at a Monmouth who beat USC, who beat Notre Dame. Notre mm-hmm. Dame's a six seed. Yep. I mean, I don't know. On my I, for my money, I know uh, you know. I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit messed up. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna watch a, a playing game in a few hours here. That's right. Uh, Wichita State versus Purdue. No, who are they playing? Vandy. Vandy. Wichita State versus Vandy. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> look, I'm I'm going to say it right now. I'm not a Wichita State fan. In fact, I don't like them. I don't I, I don't like the cut of their jib. <laughs> All right. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I objectively, I do think that they. I think the whole well, this guy's injured and now he's not is pretty pretty flimsy of an excuse. Here's the biggest thing about this that always bugs me. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Every year, there's these weird talking points that yeah. some announcer says at the beginning of the season, yep. and then it just becomes fact. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Like, somebody's saying, like, oh, the committee, they're really going to take into account that this guy's injured. It's like, how many teams have injuries? Yeah. Everybody has injuries. Everybody. Everybody. K-State had a big point guard injury. Yeah. You, know I mean? you had a... You had a <laughs> Are they like, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, yeah. the point guard was injured. No. It doesn't... They don't track all the injuries. No. Like, how does that work? Every team has injuries. How do you do that? And the point guard in question they're talking about Wichita State, not to belabor the point, right. is Fred Van Vliet, who last I checked was like in the 160s on the draft board. So right. not going to make the NBA draft. Right. So it's not like he's this huge all-star. He's, he's not like right. Ben Simmons from LSU. Yeah. Right. You know? He's not like the, the It's like the Heisman winner of the, the team. You know what right. I mean? Like the, the guy that makes everything, you know. He's a decent point guard in the Valley. Yeah, exactly. Right. Anyway, I don't know. So I, think, I think Monmouth. Oh, uh, you know, I hated seeing. There's an overblown hype on the the uh, the celebrations, and I'm wondering if maybe that got stood in yeah. the way of them. Yeah, the actual getting in the getting in the tournament steered the conversation. People, yeah. you know, there were some people that didn't like that that they were making such a big. <laughs> I tell you splash. what, man. If you were, if you think about it this way, who would you want to be in a tournament? To draw, attract eyeballs, a team that actually is entertaining, right? Um, purely, this is purely from a TV, like yeah. buying a TV ratings. company ratings right. perspective, right? Give me the team that does the celebrations, you know. Well, and if you're CBS, we're about to find out, right? That's exactly right. how far they'll go to get ratings, <laughs> right? Well, okay. So speaking of Monmouth, since we're toasting them, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever laughed harder than when I watched them do the celebration where they somehow. <laughs> I don't know how they managed to pull this off. They had like the basically the gist of it was they had uh, one of the players give birth. Birth, birth. I saw that. One. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I cried laughing. Yeah. Because I was like, "What are they doing?" And then it all came together, yeah. and it was just beautiful. I saw one of their newer ones the other day where it was like it was a horse, like a cowboy, uh, a cowboy roping a calf. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how did they, I don't know. I don't, look, if you're riding the bench, you get you got to entertain yourself. I mean, you might as well sit there and try to think about ways that they could. Coach, I can't go in. Yeah, I'm part of the Cowboys skit. Well, and the other part of it too is that if their team wasn't good, they wouldn't be having anything to celebrate about. Right. But there you go. Their team is good. I'll so. see Wichita State doing any cowboy or well, giving birth to things on we'll the bench. We'll find out tonight. Anyway. We'll find out. Anyway, uh, toast to Monmouth and good luck in the NIT. Hopefully you make it back to the NCAA's. Very Cheers, soon. Monmouth. What's their what's their uh, mascot? The Hawks. The Hawks. And well, they have a they have a coach named King Rice. That's their coach's name. King he's got, Rice. He's got two last names for or two got, first names. He's got a last name for a first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, that may, that means it's time for the uh, hot buddy. <laughs> Topic. Topic. <laughs> you really went for it. Ah. Woo! Man, my breath now. <sighs> um, Glenn, <laughs> CBS did something unprecedented, unconscionable, and unconscionable. <laughs> so there's a they had a they, they every year they televise the bracket selection show, and this year they chose to make it two hours long. <laughs> 
I'm laughing thinking about this. <laughs> it used to be 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inexplicably, they raised that to two hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more advertising revenue, ostensibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever. The thing is, the, the I don't know who at CBS had this idea, but the the problem with this is that you have coaches and players and fans across the country that are desperately waiting to find out not only who they're playing, but for a large part of the tournament field, if they're actually in the tournament. Right. And I can tell you as a fan that that is excruciating yeah. when you are on the bubble of the tournament. I know you don't know anything about it. Tell me this. about it. Are they a one seed? Are they a two seed? Right, exactly. Oh. But, you know, from like <laughs> a, a, a fan of a team that is sometimes on the bubble, mm-hmm. it hurts. Yeah. You're sitting there on the edge of your seat waiting to find out. That you know, what's going to happen? Is my team going to be in? Are they going to be out? So, in addition to that, you had somehow the tournament got leaked online about halfway or about thirty minutes into the show. Somebody put on the internet the, uh, or at least it started to circulate mm-hmm. a leaked version of the, of the the bracket. And the problem with that is, then it became ultra excruciating for the yep. coaches and fans because they would see this bracket and they didn't know if it was real or not. Mm-hmm. So they thought. Well, maybe I'm in or maybe I'm out. So they almost had to feel it twice. Yep. If they didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like Syracuse had to be like, I think we made it, but probably not. But maybe we did. And they made it. Frank Martin. Frank South Martin. Carolina. South Carolina. He, they had him quoted as saying he, he got a hold of the bracket the, yeah. before Halfway they announced through, it. And yeah. he wasn't on it. And he's like, well, maybe it's fake. Mm-hmm. So he had to find out. He didn't tell his team. Right. Exactly. So anyway. So is th- this is this to me is a story of intense greed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and it blew up in their face, which I applaud. And you know what? Absolutely. Here's the thing. Here's a little extra tidbit about the person who released it on Twitter. He had a um, allegedly he had a he had a, a Jayhawk uh, for the for his avatar. He had like a Jayhawk, and for his uh, header image, he had a Royals. Uh, oh, yeah. So he it might have been. <clears throat> Might have been somebody we know. Did they ever figure out how they how he got a hold of it? No, they haven't said anything. They're looking into it. So which, I bet they're pissed because yeah. I mean, let's. But 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 what do you think was going to happen when you string people along? Think about if you watched an hour and forty five minutes of that, only to find out that K State wasn't going to be in the tournament. I mean, would you be pissed or really pissed? I would be in just <laughs> so upset. It the, the drama. You know, as a fan, it makes you so angry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sitting there watching it, and mm-hmm. you're so nervous, and you're so nervous. Yeah. And then if you're not included, it's like the Sorry. biggest kick in the gut. And two hours. I'm talking about experiences where it's 30 minutes long. Yeah. The, the, the times when K State's been on the bubble, where I've been really like at the edge of my seat, wondering, yeah. it's 30 minutes. Yeah. It's not two hours. Like that would drive me insane. And. The thing is, like, who who in that office, why didn't somebody say, you know, we probably shouldn't do this because these <laughs> this is people's careers. Yeah. You know, the coaches, yeah. they're, they're sitting Kids. there. I mean, they might get fired if they're yep. not, you know, like, yep. there's all kinds of stuff going on there. But they but they wanted to make some, you know, and after this message, you'll find out the next, you know, yeah. it's just, it's insane. Here's my, here's my proposal. If you want to make it two hours long. You take the first 15 to 20 minutes and lay out the entire bracket. And then the rest of the time is discussing everything, right? right. So get it out of the way. You know, right. if, And if people want to hang on, I realize that people will fall off. They're not going to watch the entire thing. But I would say do it in the, in the reverse order. I would say announce which teams are on the bubble that made it. Oh. Start nice. with that. Ooh. Start by saying, here, the people that are worried about not getting in, here you go. You, you're in or you're out. Now let's talk about the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. It's only eight teams. Yeah, there's only eight spots. Yeah. Where you know something like that, where where the, yeah. they're at large bids that are kind of in the bubble area or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just knock it out. Let them know. Then people will still watch mm-hmm. because people. Everybody wants to know where they're where Michigan State's going to be seated at. Mm-hmm. Who are they going to be playing? It, those people will still watch. Yeah, but you take away the you know the one of the the article that I was described. They described it as like you know it, it's like a reality TV show. TV show now because you're waiting to see who's going to get killed. You it's know? Like American who's, Idol. Yeah, who's going to you know? Yeah, who's going to get heartbroken? You want to you want to see you know? 
Uh, but this is real life. This is this shouldn't be happening like this. These so, are people who have trained for years and years and years of their life. Yeah. Or people who have coached for years and years of life to get to their point where... Yeah, it's it's pretty shady. Yeah. I'll use a different word there other than shady. Right. When I'm not on the podcast. But mm-hmm. it rhymes with... Or doesn't rhyme with it. it anyway. <clears throat> right. Um, so anyway, yeah. It, it's pretty messed up. I'm glad somebody did put the bracket out there. Just because it... Uh, not it so a much... KU fan, Brian. Not so much that it... It caused a lot of like discomfort with coaches because they didn't know if it was real or not, and mm-hmm. it made it worse. It magnified the problem. But this will be a nice way for the network to realize, okay, we pushed this a little bit too far. Also, the fact that I guess they had the lowest rating in the last 30 years for the show because I think people were pissed. People were like, are you kidding me? Two I'll just, hours? I'll just go online and look at it in two minutes. The, uh, the NIT show, which I had to watch because K-State was not mm-hmm. going to be in the NCAA field mm-hmm. and there's no argument about that some guy just reading off a paper it was you know dino gladio and, and okay. somebody else yeah. doing the uh, no disrespect to the other guy i don't know his name uh but yeah. anyway uh they they just they you know it was a 30 minute show yep. which is how it used to be mm-hmm. it was just the two of them and it was like here's the you know here's this quadrant here's this quadrant here's this quadrant it's over in 30 minutes they they, they talk they have time to talk about every part of it i mean you have five minutes to sit there and say, this is an interesting matchup, this is an interesting matchup. You know, you don't go around the room and have all these conversations about all this crap. It's like, what? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement that this was a shady, shady move. And I was did last year take an hour? Did they go from 30 minutes to an hour to no, two hours? It, was it 30 went 30 minutes, minutes to two hours. Man, I remember watching it last year thinking, man, this is excruciatingly yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. Two hours. Somebody, somebody just got the notion. Whoever made this decision to do this didn't understand that things happen in real time. In in, in our current age, like there's Twitter, there's Facebook. Yeah, it happens so quickly. Mm-hmm. You, can't and you can't draw control, it out. Like yeah, that. you can't control it. No, you want to you want to get it out there and get it done. That's right. If you're trying to, because you want to control all that stuff. That's right. You got to put it out there because it doesn't matter what kind of security they put around that. You know, I mean, think about. Uh, there's no way they're going to be able to withhold that long enough that it won't show up on social media if they try to make a two-hour show out of it next year. No way. Nope. I think, I, I think Anonymous should get involved. <laughs> Maybe they were. <laughs> Maybe they were, Glenn. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, all right, Glenn. Well, now it's time for the final part of the podcast. This March at March Madness March Madness themed. version. I love this podcast. time of year. Oh. What a great time of year. You know, Glenn, you, you've really, like March. you've really enriched my life in so many ways. <gasps> really? You, you look at, you know, you go back over the years and you look at, you know, I still remember the first time I ate with you at Henry T's. You got the wings. Mm-hmm. You, me, and Britt mm-hmm. sat down the bar mm-hmm. at Henry T's. Yep. You look at the um, the burn-ins, which we just talked about. Oh, man. But not even food. I mean, I, n- I never had a March Madness tradition until I started hanging out with you. And now it's like a whole different world for, for me, so... Um, They're going to make a Disney move out of this, I think. I'm getting a little sentimental here. It's okay, Brian. Yeah. Hey, just let it out. Mm. Or bury it deep down inside. Uh, that's what I'll probably do. Never let it come out again. Um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, let, let's get serious here. Let's All get right. real. All right. All right. Now it's time. We're going to talk about the, the uh, question for the gentleman mailbag. And the question for the gentleman mailbag is obvious for this week because it's, what is your March Madness bracket strategy? Uh, and, and and who's in your final four? Um. Oh, we don't have your you don't have, we don't have oh, your final four sheet. Oh. Okay, well I'll tell you what I'll tell you what. Well, well yeah. Here, okay. So I, I'm just going out, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say that Brian and I, a lot of one of the great things about our dynamic, Brian, is that mm-hmm. we are polar opposites in many ways. Yes. Um, I we we I, and I I assure you that like our, fire and ice, fire and ice, exactly, Salt and pepper, leather and lace. <laughs> should, I, should we keep going? <laughs> Um, (laughs) who's leather and who's lace I don't know (laughs) anyway also I've never actually seen that combination in fashion but then again I'm not that fashionably conscious so (laughs) okay so anyway we're opposites Uh, right um Um, so yeah, we have a good dynamic. Yin and yang here yin and yang. with yeah. uh, picking out brackets. Yes. Uh, you probably poured over the selections. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> I looked up stats. I yep. looked up facts about the teams. Yep. I was looking yep. at I was looking at their Turning, offensive numbers, defensive right. numbers, RPIs. rebounds numbers, all this stuff. I did not look at any data. No, I went with my gut. So I filled mine out in about well, probably three, five minutes. Five minutes, probably. Probably yeah. five minutes, which is a little bit long for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my my strategy is this: I don't even look at the names. Right. Well, unless it's my team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, okay. L- let me reverse that. Um, I don't always do this, but I will often do this, mm-hmm. and that is, I will find KU's quadrant. Their, their region and put them in the championship game. Mm-hmm. This year I had them win in the championship game. I think I have to do that. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, Jim Carrey and his, um, uh, uh, not projecting, what is that? What, what, what did he do? You know, he wrote himself the check for oh, it, $10 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, What's that visualization, visualization techniques. techniques. Yeah. It's kind of right. like that, except I must not be very good because I do it often uh, with KU basketball and we've only won the championship like once in the last, as long as I've been doing it. Right. But, I feel like it's going to stick one of these times. So, got KU in the championship, and then from there, I just look at the seedings. I usually, uh, I usually pick the higher seed, which is boring, but I also pick some some uh, uh, upsets. Upset specials. Upset specials, the mm-hmm. 512. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 8 and 9 is like, I oftentimes I pick the I, 9 over the 8. I hate the 8 9. The I'm eight, sitting nine there, I look at those teams, and I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win this damn game. Yeah. You know? The 7 10, I'll pick a couple of those. I'll yeah. pick a couple of 10s over the 7. And then, but but my strategy is all about hedging my bets. <laughs> well, actually, no, I didn't really do it this time, but I try to hedge my bets in that if I pick a crazy upset, I usually don't have them going very far. Mm-hmm. So that it's kind of like. That's a good idea. You know? Yeah. So it's all about percentages with me. Mm-hmm. I really don't use my gut very much. Right. Um, which. Is boring, but uh, that's what I do. What about yeah. you, Brian? I my strategy varies throughout the years. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes I look at something like ESPN's projections and they try to like distill down all the information and, and all that stuff. But I mean, I think we talked about last a podcast episode where it's the weirdest thing because then you'll have something like an octopus that somebody has at their house that can <laughs> that's like predicted every winner of the something, you yep. know. Um, so it's like really impossible to tell. It's mm-hmm. almost like you should flip a coin mm-hmm. on 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 games outside of the one seeds in the first round yep. to to on the games because you just don't really know. Um, you know, this year I, I just you know I was kind of quickly. I realized last night when I was trying to do this, I started working on it last night. I was trying to fill out my bracket. I, I, I started realizing that I could spend many hours doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I started thinking about every game of the 68 and, mm-hmm. and, and sitting down and reading about each team and watching a video about each team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that would probably take about five minutes for each each game. Yep. And there's 60 games. Mm-hmm. So there's three hours. Yep. And, and then... <laughs> Uh, you yeah. Know, whatever. Uh, well, no, no six, six hours, six, five six hours. hours. Yeah, five, five hours. hours. That, five hours just to do the first round, <clears> and <throat> then go on. So then I started kind of leaning towards what Glenn <laughs> strategy is. I was like, yeah, these guys are probably went on. Uh, and uh, anyway, but what I do, which works sometimes well for me, sometimes not, mm-hmm. is uh, I am living in Lawrence, Kansas, mm-hmm. and this is the home mm-hmm. of the Kansas Jayhawks, mm-hmm. which is a mm-hmm. notorious the overall number one seed by the basketball way. team. Notorious, and uh, and anyway, um, if I am in some kind of a bracket challenge, if I am in a contest with somebody in this area that is picking a bracket, they are always going to pick KU to win. All every single you take that to the bank. Why are you looking at me? If you if they don't pick KU to win at all. They, they pick them to be in the final four. Mm-hmm. Now, bracket challenges are judged by the increasing points mm-hmm. for the, the the later rounds. So if you can get them to bank on the Jayhawks mm-hmm. and the Jayhawks don't mm-hmm. make it in, you're going to get a pretty good jump up. You, you got a quarter of the bracket that's already that's looking right. good for you. Exactly. So anyway, that's <laughs> so as long as I pick against the I have to pick against the Jayhawks yeah, because it is a strategic mm-hmm. move on my part. Also, also, I love picking against the Jayhawks. <laughs> but Glenn doesn't need to know that. Uh, so Yeah, it's a big mystery. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's that's my strategy. Pick against the Jayhawks, step mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Step two, uh, pick against the Big 12. Okay. This year particularly, because the, they, they, they're, they've been 
called the best conference in the country. I am emphatic about the fact that I think that that is not accurate. I think the best conference in the country might be the Pac-12. All right. So you're saying, ooh, let's make a prediction right now, Brian. You kind of made it. Who do you think is a better conference? When it's all said and done, the smoke clears. Mm Mm-hmm. How many? Oh, would it be Final Four, Elite Eight? How, how could who, Elite Eight is probably the, the litmus mark? Okay. How right. many Elite Eight teams? How many Elite Eight from? teams are Big Twelve or Pac Ten or Pac Twelve? I mean, I've got one Big Twelve team in the in the Elite Eight, and it's not Kansas. I, I probably have at least two uh, uh, Pac Twelve teams in the in the Big Eight. I'm the other or way around. In the Elite Eight. I'm the other way around. I don't but, believe. I don't believe in the Big Twelve. I know you don't. I think it's a weak conference. I, I, I would disagree. I think they've been overrated. But we're going to find out. We are going to find out. Because if 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 the Big 12 does not have at least two yep. teams in the Elite Eight, yep. they have failed. Yep. And they are not the best conference in the country. That's right. So if the ACC, if the Pac-12... Well, hang on. Unless there's no other... Yeah, unless there's no other... Unless... Well, I guess that would be... Unless the Pac-12 doesn't have... Two teams in it, or the Big East, or whatever. Somebody will have two teams in. Oh, okay. Yeah, they will. Uh, Final Four. Big Twelve doesn't make the Final Four. It's it's a bust. It's a bust. I'll, I'll Somebody the Big that. Twelve doesn't. Be, so anyway, we, we yeah they, they. It's it's like I said in the earlier show. Like it's one of those talking points where somebody in the early part of the year is like, mm-hmm. oh, the Big Twelve is the best conference in the country, mm-hmm. and it just got repeated on every platform and the freaking world and then it just becomes fact well i think it definitely started out that way because you had so many returning upperclassmen in the big 12 and so they started across the country you you see that i mean you look at a lot of this a lot of the programs have that's true of i mean you know that's true so anyway so i think that's a kind of across the country thing but i think the thing was is like the big 12 beat a lot of out of conference opponents in opportune times in opportune situations Mm mm-hmm and that kind of propelled this situation, like, oh, they're the best conference in the country. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out who the best conference in the country is. We will. Because everybody plays everybody now, mm-hmm. and we're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Brian, I think you're jaded. We'll, I, think you're, I think your team's on the we'll dance. Find out, we'll find out who is jaded. I'm not jaded. I'm looking at this thing with a glass half full. Are you, well, how many, how, many, how, many big, how many Big 12 teams do you see in the Elite Eight? I would say two is probably... I would be surprised if there are three. I think two. I think two could make it in. So the best conference in the country can only get two people in the Elite Eight. Oh, I'm I'm being conservative there. I mm. mean, I will say this: the the West Conference, the West bracket, excuse me, the West bracket is the weakest bracket by far. What's the West? Is that the Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oklahoma's a two seed. Right. Um, who was a one seed? I, I love that Joe. Castiglione or whatever from yeah. Oklahoma was the chair of the committee, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people were kind of saying like, "Oh, Oklahoma got a pretty good draw, right?" You know? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh huh. So I think they definitely have that going for them because a lot of those teams, Arizona's over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know they got to play each other, I guess. So the tournament's tough, man. Yeah, I mean you know no matter how you slice it, yeah, it it doesn't matter. I mean you could be looking at a bracket and thinking, "Oh, this is an easy road to wherever," and mm-hmm. it's like. No, it's not. It's incredibly difficult, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's really hard to tell. It all depends on the situation and yep. all that stuff. I think when it's all said and done, well, Brian and I have a side bet going. That's right. Um, will KU make the Elite Eight or not? And this is right. I mean, this isn't just like a piddly putt, you know, kind of bet here. Not no. not, not for pride. We would never no. do that. No, I have no pride. Right. Um, None but to give. what I do have are. Wings from Henry Tease. That's right. And those are on the line. Mm-hmm. So, my boys in blue, they got to make it into the Elite Eight. Wait, into the Elite Eight? Into the Elite Eight. Into the Elite Eight. They got to make it into the Elite Eight. That's right. If they don't, I'm ponying up 12 of Henry Tease's finest. Finest wings. That's right. With grill marks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to it. This this will be interesting. Mm, I, I, feel I can already taste them. I'm extremely confident, and uh, I'm, ready, I'm, ready, I'm ready to begin this. Glenn and I are excited. We're going to be... We're going to be at Henry T's Thursday and Friday. Uh, it's great to be able to sit there and watch basketball all day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What a great what a great thing March Madness is, just in general. Mm. Even if my team's not in it, I still yeah, love the time yeah, of Seriously, year. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what that feels like. I know you don't. That hasn't happened since I've been I hope alive. that you never have to, I, never, I hope you never have to feel what that's like. Well, 
You guys are going to be in it next year. I'm confident. I am too. <laughs> uh, anyway, Glenn. <laughs> well, uh, so anyway, I hope everybody out there has a good March Madness. Uh, I hope you're all your. Oh, you didn't tell me who's in your final four. We don't know what you did. I can tell you. KU. KU. Uh, Virginia. Virginia. And I think I got North Carolina. So I have three number one North seeds. Carolina. That sounds right. And Do you have Michigan State? You don't have Michigan no. State. I don't have Michigan got, State. Oh, no. You got Virginia. Uh, and so that leaves the. Uh, I think I have a three seed. In this, in the, in the West, no. Uh, Who do you have playing KU in the Final Four? Uh, shoot, because it's not North Carolina, it's not Virginia, it's not KU, it's the the fourth in the West. Villanova, Villanova, Villanova is in KU's bracket, so that's not right. KU is uh, the number two, or Villanova's number, number two. two. So who's the one seed in the? I the one seed's Oregon. Oregon. Oh yeah, it's not Oregon. Yeah, it's uh, Oklahoma's two. Wasn't Oklahoma? What's the third seed in, in the West? It was the third seed. Miami. Miami's Miami's in in KU's bracket. Ah. That's a third. Well, um, we got. I've got a got, bracket somewhere. We got three of my final four here. I can tell you who my final four is. Okay. Okay. My my final four is Oregon, Miami, Miami. Yeah. Um, I've got North Carolina and Michigan State. Michigan State, Sparty. It's hard to bet against Sparty. I. I feel like Sparty's going to make the final four because they're so consistent about making the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Man. I mean, every, it seems yep. like every year they're in the mix for that. Yep. You know? Not necessarily a championship. I think it was like 2000 the last time they won a championship or something like that. So it's been the last few years. But, um, but yeah, that's... I mean, I feel like Dana Altman over Oregon's really getting some stuff done. Former K-State guy, right, Former right? K-State guy. Okay. Just checking on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got, uh, you know... Uh, Let's see. Who did A&M? You oh. You picked A&M. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so A&M. That's a good choice. A lot of people pick A&M. They think they're kind of a sleeper. Yeah. You know. I, I, it's so wide open in the West. I mean. Yeah. It's true. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. We'll find out. Well, the only one way to know is to watch the games. That's right. And by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be halfway <laughs> halfway gone. Yeah. Hopefully it's not like last year or half the Big 12. We have seven teams in there. Yeah. Uh, I have. I think I have, I mean, a ton of people losing in the Big 12 in the first not the first, but maybe the second go around. Second game of the season. It's gonna Big Twelve's gonna be hurting. I don't think so. I think it'll be good. All right, we're gonna find out. We are. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, let's get, let's get on to some our own actual March Madness by watching the playing games that That's are gonna right. happen tonight. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to uh, General Podcast number eighty four. Uh, I hope your brackets are all doing well. Mm-hmm. If not, join the club. Mine's probably not doing great either. Uh, but anyway, thanks for taking the time to listen to General Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. We do the post mortem on our. <laughs> we'll we dice, should know the results of all this stuff oh. in two weeks uh, for our next podcast, mm-hmm. episode 85. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm. Go Jayhawks. <laughs>